it's up to us. And I mean, the, the collective us to change that and to make sure that women inside the industry, but also outside the industry, thinking about careers, know that they can be a part of this industry. And so that's something we have to think about as we're telling the story of this industry and as companies, I think that it's important that as they're recruiting people and they're looking for new talent that they're thinking about what's our narrative, what story are we telling? What are we showing people about who we are? Are there women in our marketing materials? Well, you have to show what you want to be to attract it. And if you want women in your company, you need to show in all the ways that women belong in your company, that there's a, a place for them, a good place for them. Hey, Construction Nation. Welcome to Lead with Trust. I'm Sue Dyer, and I've been on a three-decade journey to figure out how to make sure our construction projects succeed and produce some extraordinary results. My trusted leader journey has led me to work on over 4,000 construction projects worth over $180 billion. In this podcast, I'm here to teach you everything I've learned. One thing I know is that it starts with the leaders of the businesses and organizations that come together to build a project. If that's you, let's get going. Hey, Construction Nation, this is Sue Dyer, and you are listening to Lead with Trust podcast. And today we are closing out our Bringing Women into Construction series with Emily Cohen from the United Contractors Association. And to share the lessons learned we have found over doing all of these great interviews this year. So let's listen in. Well, hey, Emily, here we are again at the end of our Bringing Women Into Construction series. It's so great to be together again. Yes, I'm so happy to see you and happy to be back. Like I was saying, I'm I'm actually on maternity leave right now, and it's it's very nice to be able to do this with you. I'm so happy you came. So a lot of the things that we talked about in the series is how challenging construction can be when it interferes with motherhood or motherhood interferes with the jobs. And so, yeah, you get to experience that firsthand right now. Oh, yeah. I have a whole new... Um... Well, a whole new outlook and a whole new respect uh, respect for um, a lot of different things, but for women in construction and working construction hours, I'm what what superheroes, what superheroes they are. It's unbelievable. And I know we'll get into this later in the podcast, but we have to find a way. We have to find a way to support women and, and mo- mothers uh, who, who are in and want to be in the industry and in the field. And I agree 100%. Yeah. So in January, we started this journey, and so far we have had 10 phenomenal women share their stories, and I think there was so much to be learned from them. Yeah. Today, we're going to identify what we think are some of the key lessons we learned from all of them. Also, maybe look forward a little bit on what do we think is next, or what are some of the things we need to do as an industry to support women and even men too, because women may have the 
babies and they may have to be the one to take care of them, but not always. And so in so a lot of ways, it's just the child rearing years in period. Are yeah. yeah. So and I think I was just going to add to jump in. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I think what we're going to talk about today, some of the key threads are things that um, are so important for bringing women into the industry. And they're also just important threads for bringing more people into the industry. It, and I hope people keep that in the front of their mind as they listen to this today. Yes. Yeah, it's it, it really so universal in so many ways. Yeah. So I know we had uh, these uh, 10 women and uh, they came from the C-suite to the field and kind yeah. of everything in between from a large multi-billion dollar CEO to a, you know, people that are superintendents and project managers and uh, even union officials. It was just really yeah. phenomenal to see yeah. and hear and learn from someone. We could probably continue this on for a long time, but I think yeah. we've got these 10 lessons that will be fun to talk about. I think you did such an extraordinary job of bringing women from all different parts of the industry and getting their perspectives. And they're all so different and they're all so brilliant. Each of the interviews, if people haven't listened to them, I hope that they do go back and revisit those episodes because there are great pieces of advice and perspectives from all of them. And and there and you did such a good job um, rounding it out. So thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you for coming up with the idea to do it. So my Coming up with the idea is the easy part. Executing it was the hard part. And that's, I left that to you. <laughs> well, I enjoyed it a lot. It was just wonderful for me. I enjoyed every minute of it. So let's dive into the lessons learned. And I probably should have put these backwards, like you did the countdown, but I did it. So I'll start off with the first lesson learned, which is it takes an effort to shift the company culture so that women feel welcomed. And it was interesting in how so many of the women talked about needing to feel welcomed. And like, you just hire someone, you think, well, we hired you, you're welcome, but that doesn't mean they feel welcome. So that's, I, right. that's a really important thing. And it doesn't just happen by itself, although over time it's probably happening more and more where it's not a big deal. Probably in the next generation, it won't be a big deal, but you gotta build a bridge between now and then. Yeah, I was surprised at how much in talking to women in the industry about what it takes to bring more women into the industry, how many, you know, really, really did say it's still a man's world in the industry and it can still feel very intimidating and you can still feel like an outsider and that is starting to change, but, uh, but that still exists. And I think we have to, we have to acknowledge that uh, so that we can change it. And I think there's still some places is the fear of being in a men's world or just the, the stereotypes of construction workers, maybe being more predatory or something. I think there's still some fear around that too. Yeah. Yeah. There's some long, long lasting, deeply embedded stereotypes. And I think that there's an element of truth to that, but that's, that might be part of the story. That's not the whole story. And it's up to us. And I mean, the, the collective us to change that and to make sure that women inside the industry, but also outside the industry, thinking about careers 
know that they can be a part of this industry. And so that's something we have to think about as we're telling the story of this industry and as companies, I think that it's important that as they're recruiting people and they're looking for new talent and they're thinking about what's our narrative, what story are we telling? What are we showing people about who we are? Are there women in our marketing materials? You know, do, are there like, you have to show what you want to be to attract it. And if you want women in your company, you need to show in all the ways that women belong in your company, that there's a a place for them, a good place for them. Yeah. And the other thing that's so wonderful about the industry is just there's so many places to be, so many different types of companies, so many different cultures of the different companies that really you could find someplace that was just wonderful. I think anybody could. Yes. And that's the greatest that's the greatest part of this industry it's the most unique part it's why i've been so happily in this industry and with united contractors for 14 years now is because um it's such a dynamic industry there is so much constant room for growth and reward and i love working with not just the owners of construction companies and not just the principals but all of the people they're really awesome, amazing, diverse people. And it is a rewarding industry. It is really a rewarding industry. And you're right. There's so much space for people in it. There's so much space to have a great career in the construction industry. And construction is is broad. It is broad. Yeah. It's, yeah. Well, you know, you, know, you and I love it. So <laughs> we want everyone to love it. So lesson number two, women and of course men too, who have family members in construction or farming are more likely to go into construction. Construction just wasn't even on the radar, not known to most of the women that even came into construction, unless they had a family member that was in construction. I know. And this is, that's so important. That's a really important fact to have because I think that's kind of a warning for us, right? We're not doing a good job of recruiting women into this industry unless their father, uncle, brother, uh, you know, family business uh, inspired them. And um, it just goes to that point, we have to do a better job of showing and telling the story of this industry so that women know that they can be a part of it, know that this is a great career for them, that this is an option. And that's not just, uh, that's women in the field. That's women for the C-suite. That's everything in between. We need women to know that, that, that there's a path for them. A superintendent, a female superintendent said to me when I was talking to, to her, she pointed out, we shouldn't just be recruiting, uh, in, in colleges, people in STEM. We should be looking for people with all that are studying all kinds of things in college and recruiting them into this industry, not just construction management, not just engineering, um, not just the science, science and math sectors, but, you know, m- a much broader uh, sect of, of students who are studying in the university system should know that this is a great career option for them. Yeah. And it's open because I think when I was younger, I would say that construction was really like a closed society. The only way in 
was to know someone. Mm. And so I, we have to overcome that tradition that we have been a closed society and make it open to anyone and everyone. And, and so that they will come into the industry and enjoy it. I am yeah. seeing on the projects I'm working on, I'm seeing more and more diversity and it's so fun to watch and see you know, people coming up and coming up through the ranks and that, uh, probably, you know, two decades ago would have never considered construction. Yeah, I, I think um, we should be, one thing I really learned in doing this is we need to be, and companies need to be, construction companies need, and the trades, they need to be talking to their their own people, their own talent, and, and figure out what works and do more of it. Uh, we can't just rely on, well, I know a guy. bringing people into the industry or uh, I hope I have a daughter so that she wants to go into construction to keep my business alive. You know, these are, um, these are hopeful things, but they're not the best, smartest strategies for the long run, especially when we have a talent shortage. So we need to get out there and do more storytelling and basically more marketing of the industry. Absolutely. I agree. And we need to figure out how to do that and who's going to do it, but it needs to happen. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Lesson number three, tenacity can get you somewhere. (laughs) You can start at the bottom and work your way up into a project manager or superintendent or the Mm C-suite. And almost all the women that we talked to, that's really what happened, which is one of the things I absolutely love about construction is that if they see talent, they do not care who you are. (laughs) I think this industry... More than any industry, I was talking to a carpenter and that he put it so brilliantly. I wrote it down and I, I just I really liked what he said because it is so true. Um, he said it takes a certain kind of person to succeed in this industry, but they can come from anywhere. It doesn't matter about your background. We don't care where you've been or what degree you have or don't have. We care about what you can and are willing to contribute. I think that that is so true for for this industry, and it's uh, it's what makes this industry unique and special and really rewarding for for people. So yeah, I actually I wrote that down when he said it. <laughs> that, is, that is awesome. Yeah, I agree completely that they will give people the opportunity to grow when they show the willingness to want to grow. <laughs> Yeah, I think that this is an industry you'll be you you get what you put into it. And it's a great industry for people who want to see the fruits of their labor. It's a great industry for people who like working with people who like building things literally and and figuratively and who are problem solvers, um, team builders, team leaders, even creatives. Um, And that's that's, you know, this industry needs more people with needs a broader talent base. And, you know, no matter who you are, if you have the willingness and the desire, this is, uh, there's a, there's a place for you in this industry to really, really succeed and be rewarded for your talents. And I think there's a lot of careers out there. I'm speaking outside of the industry where people think it's going to be one thing and it's another and it's not rewarding the way that they hoped it would be. And they sort of just feel like a number or a cog in a wheel. 
and they're not satisfied and they're not passionate and they don't feel like they have a purpose in the in their career. And I would just encourage them to look to construction. And like you mentioned, broadly speaking, uh, because there is a place for you. And I think that people can find it incredibly rewarding and give give them a real meaning and purpose, which is what we we all uh, should be so lucky to have in our careers. Which kind of leads to lesson number four, which is construction is so large and there are many different types of roles and jobs, thousands of different types of companies. Uh, you can find one that will support you and what you need. And we heard that from most of the women. And even if they went somewhere and it didn't quite work the way they wanted, they just said, well, I'll just move somewhere else where this company I feel supports my values or supports me and what my ambition is. Uh, I think that it's so wide and vast that there's always a place for you to grow too. Yeah, I meet equal about equal number of people in this industry who have been with the same company their entire careers. And they've just been really happy with the company they're with, with the values of that company, with the size of the company, with the work they've been able to do and the ladder they've been able to climb in the company. And so there's a there's a pretty big group of, of people in this industry that have built an entire career at one or two companies. And then there's an equal amount of people that have really moved around to try to find what works for them, whether it's working inside of a multi-billion dollar company or a smaller company, a family-owned business, a publicly owned company. Do you want to, you know, do vertical construction? Do you want to do underground? Do you, you know the housing? There's so many options because this industry is is so broad and is so dynamic, and that um, makes it a great a great space for people it to figure out what works for them. It was also interesting to just listen to a few of the women who were talking about how they took their knowledge of how the field runs and then took it into either technology or into training or some other place. So that was that was an interesting move too. So they. They never wasted what they learned. They were able to use it for what the next step was for them. Yes, yes. Yeah, exactly. And especially related to uh, technology and helping companies advance in that space. There's all the room in the world for that. And I think if you're smart and you bring your smarts, bring your talents, bring your ingenuities, and uh, and you're going to make it and, and be very successful in this industry. And you'll make huge contributions to whatever company you're at. And you'll you'll feel it. You know, you'll feel that you're making those contributions. And I think that's the most rewarding part to see the difference you're you're making. I also think it makes a huge difference to society. To me, that's like construction builds society. It, it determines it is the physical manifestation of society. Yes, yes. And you can point to, you can literally point to the work you're doing or have done and say, I I did that. I was a part of that. I helped build that. And that is really, really special, uh, really special to people. And it's special to, to women, the women I talk to. It means a lot to them. Hope you're enjoying this show. Every time you and your team step foot onto a construction project, you bring your business culture with you. For any construction project to succeed, there must be a high trust culture. 
It doesn't matter if you're in planning, design, construction, or startup phases. The more trust you bring and build, the better your results. I've created a free resource for you, the Trusted Leader Profile, so you can know exactly the level of trust you bring to your business and projects and what you can do to boost trust. You can grab that at sudico.com slash profile. That's S-U-D-Y-C-O.com slash profile, P-R-O-F-I-L-E. And I hope that you'll remember that always high trust equals high performance, and it really depends on you. Now back to the show. So lesson number five is what we had talked about a little bit before about childcare being a very big barrier for women moving into the field, particularly if you're working like in the field, literally, where maybe you're working at night, starting at 8 p.m., working until early morning, or working um, different hours, or maybe long hours on some, you know, we we have a lot of closures these days that are like 24 hours a day. And so you're doing shifts and it's just, there's a lot. So the flexibility that they need in your child rearing years are, are a few years are not all the years. And so the question is, you know, during these child rearing years, how do we get creative about helping the women not leave the industry, stay in the industry? Provide, do we provide, do we provide, some kind of childcare, or do we create a different path for them? Like they come into the office and they work, learn how to do estimating. They learn how to do some of the financial management. They learn some of the background stuff and other, other things that support projects. Are, is there another path? Yeah, I think that two things I really learned through this uh, in, in talking to, to women uh, and not just in, I guess the first thing that we have to say that has to be acknowledged is that the challenge of childcare is an issue in society for, and and primarily for women who still are the primary caretakers of their children and families. And some of that is bigger than our, bigger than our industry in terms of solving it. How, How do we solve that? Because it is holding women back in a way that it's not holding men back. While it's getting better, it still really exists. And we have to call that out. Our industry has the added hurdles of challenging hours. I don't, there isn't daycare open at 3.30 in the morning. And if you don't have, or four in the morning, you know, and and, and so on. And if you don't have family around you to really be able to support you or some kind of support system so that you can get up at 3.30 or 4.30 in the morning, it's a really big hurdle. I don't, I don't have the answer for our industry, but I think it is so important that we come together to address it, to really focus on that. And if you're a company um, executive, think about how your company can support women that are the primary caretakers of their children, particularly young children, so that they can still be successful inside of your company or out in the field. I love your idea of can you bring women in to the office 
so that they're able to continue uh, women that are in the field, for example, working difficult hours, bringing them into the office so that they can have uh, an opportunity to continue contributing to your company and learn different things while uh, they're raising their young children, if that's what works for them or if that's what they need in order to, to succeed. But I just, I don't have the answer to this one but it's such a big problem. And, and my hope is that our industry that and society, but particularly our industry, will step into this conversation and continue it. And that the trades and uh, company principals will continue, you know, management will continue to come together to try to figure out what we can do to support mothers who are raising their their children and uh, so that they can still contribute and build a career in construction and don't feel like they have to leave it. That is a barrier we've got to uh, address. Yeah, it's it's a huge barrier. Yeah, it, it's been a barrier for a long time since women started going to work and it continues to be a, a real challenge uh, today. And I don't see anything happening if we don't kind of all come together and do something <laughs> at least yeah. say about it. Yeah. Yeah. And they have to hear from, they have to hear from women. I didn't really understand that. I knew that there were barriers. I knew that they were real. I was passionate about this before I had uh, my daughter who's seven weeks old now. Um, but now I just think, Oh my God, how, how do you read? Like it hits differently. Yeah. How do you do that? And we, we just, we have to find a way to support women and working parents, because some of this is, is still true for men too, working dads. Yeah. More we'll be better for it as an industry. Well, and, and more so today than it was 20 years ago. Men are much more involved in the day-to-day of their children than they used yeah. to be. Yeah. Yeah. Which is nice. So number six, people will mentor you. <laughs> I know some, a lot of they talked about getting allies. You may have to ask, but if, and if someone says no, ask someone else. But for sure, people will mentor you. And it was so interesting in talking to several of the women. One of them was talking about how she didn't know anything about construction. And she had gotten a degree in engineering and was working in a Starbucks. And the guys that were working on a project across the street used to come into the Starbucks every morning and she would give them coffee. And so she started asking them, will you mentor me? And they said, no, no. And finally someone said, yes, I got her into an internship. And now she's a very, very prominent superintendent for a very large company. Yes. Yeah, I, th- I think that mentoring is, uh, and again, outside of the industry in general, uh, in your career, being mentored and mentoring are invaluable in in this industry, in the construction industry. Mentoring is not just about inspiring; it's really a way to climb a ladder strategically and thoughtfully by working with somebody that you really respect and admire that has done what I think what you're trying to do or can help guide you in what you're trying to do. And 
after listening to all of the episodes and all of the women I've talked to and researched is if there, if there was just one piece of advice I would give, I would say it's get a mentor and just find someone you admire. Just find someone you admire who's doing whether it's something you want to do or you're just really in awe of them. And and that's not just where they are in their career, but how they carry themselves, their work ethic, how they treat people, how they're running their business, like whatever it is, somebody you really admire and say to them, you know, would you be willing to mentor me? Or if that's too scary to say or not how language you would use, hey, would you be willing to sit down with me for coffee? Uh, I have some questions for you. When you say to somebody, I'm really in awe of who you are and how you do what you do, would you be willing to share some bits of advice with me? I mean, it's just a huge compliment to them. So even if they do say no for whatever reasons, they're going to be delighted that you've you've asked them. But more people will say yes. More people are going to be so happy to do this for you. And the chances are in this industry, because they had a mentor. We, I think we could all think about somebody who changed the trajectory of our careers by stepping up for us. And not everybody would call that a mentor necessarily, uh, but that, that's what it is. And yeah. so that, like, I, I just, I think that that is the most important thing somebody can do for themselves in this, in this industry, or really any industry, but particularly this one, find a mentor, be determined to find a mentor and let it be somebody who really uh, inspires you. I agree. One of the, the saddest things I see, like on construction projects, is that you may have some new people and it doesn't matter what role they are. They might be the owner's rep. They might be from the contractor. They might be a designer and they're new. And so instead of allowing themselves to be mentored or people taking a more mentoring role with them, they struggle and make mistakes and then they get frustrated and everyone else gets frustrated. I'm thinking, why can't we just mentor them? You know, why can't they just be, just help them? Yeah. Yeah. And 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 it's, there's two perspectives. Right. There's, if you were mentored, it's, it's easy to say, I should mentor somebody. But if you were kind of treated like dirt and they were hard on you and you feel like you had to rise up and put up with a lot of bullshit and whatever, then maybe it's not as obvious to you that you should reach out and help them and mentor them because you didn't get that change. The point is to, to change that behavior. So if you were treated poorly, if nobody stepped up to guide you or mentor you, change that. And mentoring takes patience. And I and I want to say uh, too before I before I forget, it's as important to find a mentor as it is for for those listening um, that are in the position. Be a mentor, and you do not, if you're a woman, you don't have to have a, a female mentor, and you don't have to only mentor. Like the gender barrier, uh, my greatest mentors, some of them happen to be men, some of them happen to be women. So don't just, if you're a woman listening, it doesn't have to be a woman that you mentor or ask uh, to mentor you and that, you know, just find somebody that you just really respect what, what they're doing. Yeah. I just think that uh, mentoring is another part, a big thing that we could do better at. Yes. Yeah. Everyone listening should ask themselves, who was my mentor? If, you know, did I have one? Who, who were they? 
How did they help me? How did they make a difference for me? And who can I make a difference for? Who can I mentor today? And does every person inside my company have the opportunity to be mentored or be a mentor? Because that, if you can find a way to put that in place in your company, uh, you're going to be gold. Well, I think about how many people would be attracted and how many would be would stay. Yeah. 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 It's really, really important. And your point about, you know, how I'm thinking about when you're in college and they do the hazing stuff. Well, in construction, it's not that much difference. It's sort of like Christians to the lions sort of approach. Mm-hmm. Here, mm-hmm. if you survive, then I'll respect you. And that's been the tradition for a long, long time. It is, but it's not working anymore. I well, mean, it, that's, it didn't work then it's not. Right. It didn't work then, but what, what happened left. is yeah. they went, we need more people in this industry. We need more people in this industry. The sky's falling, the sky's falling. And now they really do. And so we have to change some of these behaviors. And mentoring is just such a low hanging fruit that is effective. We know it's effective. It works for everybody. Yeah. It, yeah. And it's fun too. There's so much purpose yeah. and reward that comes with not just having a mentor, but, but being a mentor. Yeah. So number seven, lucky number seven, this one is women can do the work. And I'm going to repeat that. Women can do the work. That is the lesson learned. There is no barrier to women being able to physically do the work. Yeah. They can do the work. That's not an issue. It's surprising that we... Uh, this one surprised me, you know, okay, okay, okay. We still have to revisit this. We're still revisiting this. There's still the perception of the good old boys club. The face of the industry is still very male dominated. And so some, you know, women don't see themselves in it. And I think that goes back to what we talked about earlier. We have to change the story we're telling and, 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 and how we're marketing this industry. But if you are a problem solver, if you are a team builder, if you are an innovator, you can do this work. Women can do this work and women have been doing this work for a long time. And people that are in this industry uh, know women can do the work. So we need to make sure that women know that because it's an it's an intimidating industry from the outside to look into. And we have to remember that. Yes, it, it is. And again, it's been kind of a closed society for a long time. So it's, it's time to open the door and welcome people in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Lesson number eight. So the construction trades, you know, being a member of a trade offers a lifestyle that would not be available for many women where they said, you know, this, I never dreamed I would be able to buy a house. I never dreamed that I would not have to struggle and I would have a pension and I would have the ability to take care of my kids and my family. It really offers a way for many people who maybe never thought it was possible to make a living that is way above what they anticipated. Yes, I think, you know, working... Uh, United Contractors, we only represent union signatory uh, construction companies. And the owners of these companies, they're very proud of that. The pension and uh, the good wages that are offered on the trades. And of course, we're very, very proud of this. It's important that people know that there's an 
awesome opportunity to to the middle class to a really good life through this industry. So, you know, people still don't necessarily know that. And for women, I think it's especially important that they know that if they're looking for a career, whether it's through the trades or um, inside of the organization, you know, in the office, there is there is space for you. I I went to um, the uh, carpenters. Northern California carpenters have a pre apprenticeship in all women, and I went and toured it. And then I went to a conference they were holding for these women on a Saturday morning, and. I said to them, you know, I was kind of griping, like oh, Saturday morning, I'm going to go out there, I'm going to check it out. Okay. And I was so inspired by these women that have all the energy in the world, all the enthusiasm and all of the tenacity. These are female carpenters and apprentices and um, pre-apprentice, and some of them in the pre-apprentice program, so fired up, so passionate about um, the work they're doing. They have such pride in being a female carpenter. And I asked them, you know, what do you love about working in this industry? Because it is hard. And they acknowledge that it's hard, that, that you know, that there is truth to that, you know, based on what a lot of what we've just discussed in this podcast. But they talked about how they're doing important work for the communities that they live in and how much that means to them that they're building significant infrastructure that they can point to and be proud of, like we talked about. Uh, One woman said, she stood up and said, I didn't intend to be, but as a woman, as a female carpenter, I'm a trailblazer. And I love that I can tell my son and my daughter that. They mentioned every single day is different, that they feel like the sky is the limit. Uh, and that no matter who you are, or what your background is, if you're willing to work hard and, and 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 lean in and do this work, you can be really successful. And I just loved hearing them stand up and say these things. That's so perfect. Well, that's right into lesson number nine, which was the construction trades are getting on board and many of them are focused on bringing women into their trade and have an all-female apprentice program, pre-apprentice program and job matching so that at the end, they all have jobs with a company that they sort of select or, you know, there are so many companies that want them that they really have a choice of where they go. Yeah. 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 I think this is a new era for the trades. They like the, the industry in its entirety have been too much of a good old boys club for too long and a little bit too much of a, a we recruit by asking the guys to bring their neighbor in, their brother in, their cousin in. And that's not working anymore. It, we're not getting the numbers that we need. And women are 50% of our population. And so if we are not considering women, if the trades are not um, recruiting women, we are cutting half of the talent pool off. And so they are, um, they're doing it. Some are doing it better than others or doing more of it more actively. Um, but I would say if you are a, uh, if you are in the trades, be thinking, be thinking about this, you know, how do we bring in women? What do we need to do? How do we recruit them and encourage them and make space for them and, and make sure that they have a seat at the table? Absolutely. I, you're right. Some of them are really right on top of it. And others are like, uh, still, I think, have blinders on. They're not. Yeah. 
Anthony. To their peril, to their own peril. Yeah, I'm afraid that might be true after the long run. It but it is exciting. Right. <laughs> yeah, it, it's exciting. The 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 unions that are doing this and the trades that are um, embracing a new way and making space for women to come in and be successful in the work, they are loving it. The men I talk to that are leading some of these programs are so proud and enthusiastic about what's happening and what they're they're seeing. And it's really inspiring to me. Yeah. So last lesson learned number 10 is that you can take what you've learned in the field and apply it lots of places, particularly technology with AI and technology. But I also think if you're entrepreneurial, there is a tons of places that you can just take your entrepreneurial mindset, or maybe you have aspirations and uh, and take whatever you've learned in construction and turn that into some kind of business or join a business or create something, invent something. It's just it really, a, it's open to all sorts of things. And there's so many people now that I heard from women who had worked in the field and really come risen, risen in ranks and then started a technology company. Yeah. To help with whatever aspect of it uh, they felt was in need for a, something that they felt was missing. Yeah, there's a real entrepreneurial spirit throughout this industry because it requires problem solving, but it also requires risk taking. You have to be a risk taker to try to run a business in this in this industry in the construction industry you have to be a bit of a risk taker uh, because the margins are thin because there is a lot of risk in it and you have to be someone that uh thrives in the madness of it all and I mean that in a in a good way you know because this is a um how do I want to put it there's so many challenges every day. And in every part of the business, from the field uh, to to the C-suite, and there's risks you take and challenges you're taking on. And so well, real life, tangible, three-dimensional challenges. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah. No, they're esoteric concepts. They're, no, no. This is you're building a bridge. When you flush the toilet, the water has to be able to go Yeah, out. no, that's right. Or when you're building a bridge or you're building a highway, you know, and lives depend on what you're building. These are re- these are real, re- real risks and, you know, financial. And so the people that um, come into the industry and do really well have an entrepreneurial spirit and they're, they're risk takers and that there's that kind of takes me back to the mentor thing that, that there's so much room for so much. There's so many awesome mentors in this industry because of the kind of people that succeed in it. And the kind of people that choose to spend their careers in this industry are really cool, really interesting salt of the earth people, but they're entrepreneurs or they have that kind of spirit that drives them. They absolutely do. Yeah. It's wonderful. So overall from the series, what did you learn by, from this series? I learned a lot. And I, I thank you again for choosing to do this because uh, I did have the idea, but that's, you know, that's one thing to actually produce it and execute on it. I, I thank you, Sue. Uh, it was wonderful. I learned a lot. Um, I think that 
the most important takeaway for me is that there is space for women in this industry, but more importantly, there's a need for women in this industry. And we actually, we need to do a better job of not just recruiting women in, but keeping them in by making sure that they feel like they belong once they're in this industry, because we don't, getting them in is one thing, keeping them in is another, and we still have a ways to go with that. I think that uh, we have to invest in recruiting women at all levels, like we talked about. And part of that in talking to women and listening to these interviews is resetting expectations and being honest about the work and what it takes to succeed so that we're bringing the right people and the best people into the industry and into your companies and making sure that they have a mentor and opportunities to grow and learn. The thing I still really want us to address and I will continue thinking about and not give up on is finding solutions, real workable solutions for moms and, and that child care issue, that child care hurdle. How, what, what can we do as an industry to maybe not solve it, but ease it? And, and then again, the, another lesson, the biggest one of all, maybe is that these lessons don't just apply to women. That these changes are important changes and important things we can do to just bring more talent, more diverse talent into uh, our industry. It just also happens to include really good tactics and strategies and perspectives for recruiting women. Yeah, I agree 100%. I was really just thrilled and have been thrilled to just see how many great women are already working in construction. That's been exciting to to kind of see. And also what the women bring to the industry and in just culture and uh, and maybe some different ways of doing things or thinking differently. I, I love that. And and that there's so many women out there that love construction as much as we do. That's so yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. It's like a, it's like a, a like a secret club. To be a woman in this industry is like the special handshake or something. And uh, yeah, you're right. Every, every woman I know in this industry is is uh, especially awesome. Well, I really want to uh, thank you, Emily, and also want to thank all the people who uh, participated. So I'm just going to name them off here. You want to take turns naming them off? You want me to do it? Oh, I better. No, you. Well, I'll do see. it. That's fine. Yeah, you've got it. I don't have them right okay, in front of me. Okay, so we had Mary Tyker. We had mm-hmm. Caitlin Frank, we had Tara Rowe, we had Cabri Lehman Schmidt, mm-hmm. we had Jacob Atari and Susan Rodriguez, we had Coralie Beatty, we had Kelly Lee, we had Meg Ann Pryor, we had Sue Weiler Doak, and of course Emily Cohen on this series. What a great, save for me, what a great lineup. And I think I know every, uh, every single one of them. So how awesome. Awesome. It just awesome women. And I hope that all of you will uh, share the episodes and think about what their lessons they've taught all of us. And Hey, Hey, and Sue, every single one of them would be an incredible mentor. And, and, and a lot of them I happen to know are incredible mentors, but yes, if you're yes, looking yes. for a mentor and you know, one of those women that Sue just named, I would recommend reaching out. Some of these women are, they're awesome. 
yeah, they're just mind-blowingly awesome. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much, Emily, for being a part of the Bringing Women in Construction series and having it be your mind child. Yes, yes. Thank you, Sue, for uh, for doing this year. I always say Sue's a legend. <laughs> Great to summarize you. You're a legend and a trailblazer in the, the truest sense. Uh, you've been a, a woman. <laughs> and we do let men involved too. I will see you. <laughs> Okay, Construction Nation, I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Lead with Trust. Will you do me a favor? If you think this episode can help anyone on your team or business, please forward it to them. Please subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And your honest review, hopefully five stars, is much appreciated. Every leader who learns how to build their business and projects on a foundation of trust is going to reap the rewards of greater productivity, attracting the best of the best, enjoying your business more, and doing things you thought were impossible. If you want to know where you are in your trusted leader journey, I have a free resource for you. Please just go to sudico.com slash profile, S-U-D-Y-C-O dot com slash profile. And you can grab it there and find out where you are on your trusted leader journey. And so that is a wrap for today. Can't wait until I get a chance to hang out with you again next week. And until then, have a great day.